This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending megabucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we take an opportunity to look at the wider world of motorsport and speak with the new CEO of Motorsport Australia, Sonny Alvora. I think that's right, and I think Pyramid's a really good description of it because the foundation of motorsport is very much the amateur community-based motorsport across all disciplines. And for Motorsport Australia, in terms of uh, how we are structured, what the, the makeup of our license holders, obviously, and the way that our events uh, are sanctioned and accredited, it all really, a lot of it is really very much focused on community-based events. A wider look at motorsport in Australia is coming up now on Inside Supercars. And it starts now. Joining us on Inside Motorsport is the new CEO of Motorsport Australia, Sunil Vora. Thanks for joining us here at what is probably your first rally an Australian Rally Championship round as the CEO. It is my first uh, first round as the CEO, and actually it's my first round altogether. Even though I've seen a lot of, as a, as a fan and as a spectator, I've seen a lot of motorsport live. It's the first time I've been to a national level rally championship event, and it has been absolutely fantastic to see the cars live, and it's a really great experience. You come to Motorsport Australia as a participant, moving into the what is the top job, in the organisational structure, understanding there's a board you have to report to as well, but it's a passionate industry and you obviously share that passion. You're right, I think it's the thing that binds everybody involved in motorsport at every level across every format and category and location is that there's just this underlying passion and certainly that's something I've I've always had in terms of uh, just being interested in and following different categories of motorsport from a kid all the way through to now but yes also to compete I think is just an additional element to that it takes commitment it takes passion it takes a real interest to want to uh, you know, exercise that part of the sport and go and do it yourself. And, you know, I, I can't speak more highly for amateur motorsport and just the fun and thrill it is and also the great sense of community that comes around it. I've, I've really, I think the benefit of being able to experience that firsthand and then take that into this role, I think, is um, is something that hopefully will be of benefit as I, as I progress and I can keep keep that perspective of, uh, of a community racer and somebody who's very much connected to grassroots. It's an interesting balance, isn't it? Because most people would associate themselves at the pinnacle of the sport with supercars, with the uh, national championships, but it's a huge pyramid and the competitors at the base is what actually 
provides the people at the top, but also provides the funding base for everything else that happens. I think that's right, and I think Pyramid's a really good description of it because the foundation of motorsport is very much the amateur community-based motorsport across all disciplines. And for Motorsport Australia, in terms of uh, how we are structured, what the, the makeup of our license holders, obviously, and the way that our events uh, are sanctioned and accredited, it all really, a lot of it is really very much focused on community-based events. But yes, we go all the way through to the pinnacle of the top level national and international categories uh, of motorsport, um, which is obviously very exciting and it's amazing in any discipline to see it done at an elite level and an elite standard uh, and the way that teams operate and the way that drivers obviously perform at that level is fantastic to see. But for us and for me, I think we're very aware that the foundation of Motorsport Australia and Motorsport in Australia is very much around community-based motorsport and that's where a lot of our activities and a lot of our attention is. And your background is is quite diverse as well, where you've had commercial, you've had marketing, you've had a risk management, all very important skills which need to come together now as the head of Motorsport Australia. Yes, that is right. I've had uh, I've done a few things in my my commercial experience. I've I've been involved in ASX 200 organisations at a, at a senior level, uh, and also quite extensively involved in management consulting organisations around strategic delivery and delivery of plans. And I think all that that does is give you some skills and some experience about how different types of organisations approach these things. And I think these are skills that I look to bring into Motorsport Australia. And I think that many of them are, are applicable and transferable, but particularly the work I've done around risk management, people risk, insurance, a lot of the focus in the insurance world around people risk is on prevention and effectively reducing the frequency of incident. It would be risk management speak for being able to, to properly get across these things and I think this very much applies to a motorsport setting is that how do we assess risk, how do we find the right balance between risk and reward and enjoyment um, but making sure that we all stay safe in, in doing what we love doing and go home safely at the end of the day. Yeah, And that transition from when a hazard is a risk and managing that gap. I think that's uh, that's really the, the 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 important part of risk management is understanding what are the what are the um, the mechanisms you need to be able to prevent in injuries and incidents from happening. I think all of the risk industry thinks about when does risk become an issue, when does it become an incident, and I think finding the line in terms of what are the measures that you need to enact in order to mitigate and reduce the likelihood. But I think we're also clear that ultimately there is a, a level of risk in motorsport that you can't completely remove. But what we want to understand is where are the times and the events where we can foresee instances or when instances have happened in the past where can we learn from them and look to try and reduce the likelihood of that happening again i think these are things that motorsport inherently does well already anything i can do to bring some more more perspectives and some more skills and some structure as to how we do that obviously will be for long-term benefit now there's been that period since your announcement of taking on the job to the beginning of last week where you were officially uh, you know anointed ceo what was that month like when you just through your head I think went everything you've known about the sport and what I now can do as as the CEO how, how much of that month was just blue skying and and then you know going what's the first hundred days look like it's an interesting question because actually there was a lot of consideration about 
Um, what are the things, the strategic initiatives, the things that will matter, the things that are important? And clearly, I, I do that under direction and guidance from the from the board and from my colleagues around Motorsport Australia, around many good things that are happening already. I say, I must say, for my my transition from outside the sport in, into the sport has been a really enjoyable experience, and I think that's broadly. You know, and completely down to the very warm welcome that I've had from absolutely everybody that I've met, from top tier race teams and race drivers all the way through the, the organisations and into grassroots. Everyone has been extraordinarily welcoming and pleased. And I think that the thing that, that, I, that I take great um, you know, comfort from is that I think people have recognised that I'm also a competitor uh, and somebody who's passionate about the sport. And I think that's resonated with people and I think that's made this transition um, smooth but also very enjoyable for me and it's been a really pleasant time. There has been, under Eugene's watch, there has been quite a transition of an organisation which was pretty much a volunteer organisation to now an organisation that is putting a lot of governance and has really become a body that can provide, if asked, a lot of resources and a lot of, uh, a lot of support to their members and affiliates. I think that's correct and I think that the era of Eugenia Rocker was one of real professionalisation of Motorsport Australia as a regulating body and of all the elements around around motorsport and I think he's done an, an incredible job in creating over a long period of time those incremental steps which are required not just of motorsport but any sporting body now is really you see the steps even in an, in an amateur or community setting that this level of professionalization of just bringing in smart ways of working competencies where it makes sense to have them and ways that just help uh, the organizations particularly those with you know finite resources reliance on volunteer structures that we are just able to execute more effectively and to do so in a way that's also sustainable for the long-term growth and the health of the sport and Eugene's uh, Eugene's era will very much be characterized as those big steps and ones that have been I think enormously valuable for the sport overall and ones that I'm very conscious of continuing to build on as we just move into this new era and this new hopefully growth phase for motorsport where we get more people to understand what an amazing sport it is, what a significant part of the community architecture it is too across different parts of our country and that people can, if they're not currently part of our community, can see the benefit of coming and joining us in any setting, whether it's as a volunteer or a participant or a spectator. There's a lot of ways you can come into motorsport and it's a great place to be when you do. And that is one of, uh, I imagine, your high goals and ambitions is to increase the participation but participation not being drivers or or um, co-drivers in the case of a rally but it is participation of officials and officialdom and then of course the engineering side of the business has got a uh, another very important place in the in well in my opinion in the in the manufacturing and in the engineering society at large. I think that's absolutely accurate and I think that's being recognised more and more as we as we connect uh, the you know, STEM related subjects to careers in motorsport and I think this is more of what we're doing. Um, it's, it's some very good programs underway. The Girls on Track initiative is a big part of doing that to be able to connect and for young young girls and anybody coming through to be able to see that motorsport is not just as you say driving or co-driving but it's the ability to have a, an entire infrastructure an entire economy around motorsport and the huge variety of roles and pathways and careers that can come off the back of that it's a big part of what we're doing now and certainly will be a strong focus for the future and having the board 
Eugene had a, a very interesting time, but the board seems to be more aligned now with what motorsport governance and motorsport has to be in the future. I think it's a very high caliber board. It's a, it's a, a lot of expertise, motorsport expertise and governance expertise, um, and uh, and over and people who have broad experience in growth, and and it's a, the relationship so far with the board's been fantastic in terms of their ability to be able to support the executive and and the broader um, organisation in really being able to drive what is a um, a sensible and effective strategic plan. It's one that I've got a lot of confidence in, and we're really looking forward to being able to to see how we can make, we're in year one of a three year plan, really make that come to life over the next couple of years and then kick on for the next phase after that. So it's, it's, a, it's a heavyweight board, it's one that has tremendous skills and certainly one that I you know, really appreciate the strong working relationship I've already been able to establish with them. How does someone in a state office or someone at a club level, how are they gonna see your management style and your imprint being put on Motorsport Australia? Well, I guess we'll see. I guess it's probably the answer to that. I hope it's one that is collegiate and encouraging and um, you can see the passion come through, I think is probably what I'd, I'd, I'd say would underpin everything that I look to do from here. And we look forward to seeing how it all goes. Now, this year, third place in your own championship in Victoria in the uh, production sports cars. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes, I think I made um, good, took a good, good advantage of the fact that I competed in all the races and not everybody else did. So I think I was able to consistently bank points and uh, get a good result for the year. It's a fantastic championship. It's really the epitome of community-based enthusiasts who just want to get out there and, and enjoy motorsport. With their, we, we all run our own cars. Um, you know, we're broadly funded out of our own pockets, but it's unbelievably good fun and a great sense of camaraderie and community. Um, amongst it and certainly looking forward to continuing that next year. Well finally we're in the ACT and that is one of the areas that doesn't have a circuit racing, um, any sort of circuit racing function at a national level and being the uh, national capital what is the plans potentially for you know national racing motorsport in circuit racing we've obviously got rallies but we have speedway as well but, uh, you know, certainly we have a lot of competitors and we've got a lot of interest in Canberra, but just no facilities. How can that next level of government lobbying uh, work and how does Motorsport Australia fit in to the motorsport community here? So I think it's a really good question. I think it's part of the strategic plan for strategic initiatives for Motorsport Australia and for the motorsport you know, uh, e ecosystem to really understand how it is that we can better partner with government and to be able to showcase the benefits of motorsport as infrastructure investment in growing communities. And I think we can see that across a number of formats and across a number of locations. The benefit that comes from having motorsport investment in terms of all the things that we've spoken about, an entire economy that can live around motorsport facilities, and particularly when there's some pressure on existing facilities in terms of their longevity and their and the, the you know the valuable land they may sit on may be coveted for other purposes. So these are the things that are very much front and centre for us. We're working currently thinking about how we can help drive to the next stage around what's called the home of motorsport in Victoria in the Western Corridor outside of Melbourne on the way to Geelong. And that would be, if that template is one that we can be successful in, in, in creating the investment case and creating this piece of community architecture, then it gives us the, the template to be able to go and take that to other areas and other states to be able to say, where can we also 
have this type of um, this anchor point for motorsport to build all these amazing facilities around and bring all the good capabilities um, around motorsport to those locations and to be able to showcase to the local community. That's certainly front and centre for the board and for myself. Uh, we'll see how we go in Victoria and see if we can take it further and I very much agree with the point we'd love to see something here in the ACT which gives people the ability to have a dedicated facility locally and one that can allow community motorsport to grow and have, a, have its own home. Well we're looking forward to seeing how Motorsport Australia does grow throughout the coming years and we wish you all the best as you uh, kick off your term as CEO. That's kind, thank you Craig. That's all we have time for on this edition of the show. Hope you enjoy hearing from the new CEO and some of his plans. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.